Hey, welcome to another Pillar Tax Podcast again with Dan Pillar. We're going in on an incredible subject this week. Let's talk about cryptocurrency. Man, Dan, has cryptocurrency took like the world by storm over the last handful of years? You know, I made a couple of notes here because I know that you can really help a lot of folks because people really don't know how to get their arms around the whole cryptocurrency thing. You got like millions of people, Dan, that are trading either buying or selling cryptocurrency. And, you know, a lot of people are making money with it. So how is cryptocurrency treated as far as tax purposes go, Dan? Well, first of all, for, for background, Jay, I, I remember in about 20, probably 2012, 2013, when this first started and people started talking about it, I was thinking to myself and, and said publicly, you know, what a scam this is. What 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 is this? cryptocurrency and it doesn't really exist and you can't put it in your pocket and it's mined off a computer and you know you you got blockchain and 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 I thought I could make and I still I'm telling you I still can't make sense out of any of this except it's not true to say that the stuff isn't real because it's out there and it's being traded and not only is there uh is there more than one cryptocurrency now there's dozens of these things that are out there and there's no question it's a real thing. And there's, you know, seven or eight million people now nationwide that are at least at least that are trading this this stuff. And, and they're probably they're probably tens of millions of people uh, across the uh, across the world that are doing it. Uh, and, and every single day, there's more and more people involved in this crypto, uh, this crypto world. And, and a lot of the young people, Jay, think a, a couple of things. They, they, think, they think that there are no tax consequences to crypto. And the, and the fact of the matter is very early on, back in 2014, the IRS issued a revenue ruling way back then that took the position that cryptocurrency is just like any other property. You know, if it's like a share of stock, it's like right. an automobile, it's like anything else. So if you buy a, if you buy a, let's say you buy a, uh, a cryptocurrency for $10 a coin and you sell it for, for $12 a coin, well, you've got $2 a coin as, as, a, as a gain on that transaction. If you buy it for 10 and sell it for eight, you've got $2 a coin as a, as a loss. Okay. And when you buy and sell crypto, it's tr treated as a capital gain or a capital loss. And it's either long-term or short-term, depending on how long you held it. And you've got tax consequences on that. Now, there's another part of the tax consequence equation here that people overlook regularly, especially young people, Jay. It's particularly young people that are overlooking these problems because, of course, they don't have a background in taxes to begin with. So they don't, they don't think in terms of tax compliance when they're out there, you know, doing their business. Uh, but the, 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 it is important to understand that there are tax compliance uh, consequences to all this stuff. So, so for example, now I talked about capital gain or loss: buy for ten, sell for twelve; buy for ten, sell for eight. Right? That's either a capital gain or a capital loss. But let's say somebody pays you in crypto. All right. Let's say Jay that you're doing a you're doing a you know just just you know fill in the blank. You're you're a, you're an electrician. You're a plumber. You're a marketing expert. Okay. You're a computer expert. What, whatever your expertise happens to be. And you are working with somebody that has crypto and you say, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll build you a website and do your marketing. You pay me, uh, you pay me five crypto coins, you know, of, of the, of the uh, particular variety. Well, when you trade services for crypto, it's no different than trading services for U.S. currency or yeah. for gold or silver for that matter. 
or for an automobile, the fair market value of the property you get back in exchange for your services is income to you and taxed, as I said, at the fair market value. Hmm. So if you if you agree to build a website for somebody, let's say, or do a mark or do marketing for somebody, and they're going to pay you five crypto coins, and each one of those coins is worth two thousand dollars, you just receive ten thousand dollars in income hmm. off that crypto transaction that you have to report as income. Yeah. All right. So it could be capital gain income, or it could be ordinary income. But trading in crypto back and forth and bartering in crypto back and forth is taxable income. And well, Dan, let me ask you a question there. Let's say I bought a coin, for example, and that coin, I bought it at $10,000. Back, for example, when Bitcoin was $10,000. And then Bitcoin goes up to $20,000, okay? Yep. When do I have to pay that gains on that $10,000 increase? Yeah, that's a good question, Jay. And there's a lot of confusion about that. And as a matter of fact, uh, the Biden administration is, is trying to change the law on that. But the way the law is right now today, you do not recognize either gain or loss until you complete a transaction with respect to that asset. Okay. Right. So if I buy the coin at 10,000 okay. and it goes up to 20 and then it goes up to 30 and it goes back to 20 and then drops back to 10, there are zero tax consequences on all that movement unless I sell the coin somewhere in between. Okay. So you have to sell the coin. You got to dispose of the asset okay. in order to incur the liability. All right. It's well, either if I sold it at the 20, now, and I bought it at 10, I sold it at the 20, I've now realized a $10,000 profit, correct? That's exactly right. So That's now exactly I'm dealing right. with the tax consequence on that. That's correct. But if it's just sitting in my crypto wallet at 20000 and say, say it just stays there for a year and I don't do nothing with it for a year, I don't have to do any tax consequences unless I decided to sell it. But if it's just sitting there, there's no tax consequence to it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's a good point. Most people buy and hold these things, right? Most people are buying and holding. They're looking for long-term appreciation. You can hold the crypto asset for 10 years, Jay, and that's see the thing go up and down and up and down and every which way and zipping and zigging and zagging. And there are no tax consequences until you actually sell the coin. Now, here's where confusion comes in. And this is, again, particularly young people that get blindsided by this. Let's say you got your crypto wallet and you've got, you've got uh, you know, coin A in your crypto wallet and it's worth $2,000 and you trade coin A for, 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 you know, three coin Bs that are worth the same amount of money. Well, you've just made a disposition of your crypto coin A and you got to recognize gain or loss at that time. So let's say, for example, you okay. bought your coin at $10. And then now it's at 15 and you trade it for two other coins at the point of the trade is considered the disposition of coin a, and that's where you would recognize the $5 profit on that trade cool. at that time. So people don't realize that Jay. Now here's the other thing that's going to blindside people again, young people, because now we've got these wallets that allow you to actually instantly trade your crypto at a point of purchase. Correct. You can go right. to a store. And most of these stores are online, that's true, but you can go to a store and trade your crypto coin for a, for a cell phone, for example, right? right? Well, okay, when you use your crypto to make that trade, 
that is a disposition of that asset and you've got gain or loss on that transaction based Ooh. on the original purchase price. So somebody's standing in line at Burger King, Jay, and they use their they use their crypto wallet to buy a hamburger for 395. Okay. Well, guess what? There might be long-term tax consequences, either long-term capital gain or right. loss on your crypto when you trade it for a hamburger. So, so for example, if I had bought it at that back to that 10,000 again, it's at 20,000 and I'm using that wallet to buy my hamburger. Now it could be said that that $2, that $5, for example, for that burger is part of my 10,000 in profit. That's exactly I, owe, right. I owe taxes on that $5. That's exactly correct. You are exactly right. Y'all better be paying attention. Jay, who knows this? Nobody. Especially the young people out there. Who no, knows no. this? Now, here, now, here's another thing. There's, there's, there's a lot of companies out there that are paying employees in crypto. Right. Right. So, I mean, that you see it all the time. You probably see it more than I do, but, but, because uh, you're in the tech world and I'm not so much in the tech world, but there are companies out there that are paying their workers in crypto. So, when you pay as an employer, when you pay wages and salary to an employee, you owe the social security tax on that. You got to do the wage withholding on that. You got to report the income, the, the, the wages to the IRS. Well, that goes for crypto as well. So if you pay somebody a, a you know a one crypto coin per month, whatever that happens to be worth, you got to do the withholding, federal income tax, state income tax, social security tax, oh. Medicare tax, hey. and then you got to match the social security and you got to, and, and you got to pay the unemployment tax. And that all applies to the crypto transactions. Jay. Oh, man. Most people don't know this. And so um, what about the privacy of crypto? You know, like I've got here, like cryptocurrency transactions, are they private then? Well, I can I can answer in one word, but but we need to develop it a little bit further. The answer is no. You know, people people out there again, especially young people, are believing that you know because this crypto is 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 uh, is you know it's 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 a a secondary economic system really is what it is. Right. It's, that's, that runs you know more or less outside of our of our uh, our regular U.S. Treasury controlled economic system to a certain extent U.S. Treasury controlled uh, that they think these transactions are private and they're not Jay uh, the 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 IRS is regularly getting access to uh, to these trading platforms where they are issuing administrative summonses to trading platforms that uh, a, an administrative summons allow, it functions like a warrant. It's not a warrant, though. It's not issued by a court. It's administrative summons that's issued within the Internal Revenue Service, but it's enforceable by a court. And so what happens is the, uh, the IRS now being acutely aware of the fact that there are millions of traders out there in crypto and it's growing every day, uh, they are now issuing administrative summonses to these cryptocurrency trading houses, oh. clearing houses, and they're getting the names and all the information of U.S. citizens that have trading accounts or wallets on those platforms. And the courts have been ordering them to give up the information. Jay, I just did an article on this in my most recent newsletter talking yep. about a, a summons that was issued in the state of California against a crypto clearing house, a crypto clearinghouse called Payword Ventures that does business as Kraken. All right. And this is a, a major 
crypto clearinghouse. They have investment opportunities. They've got they've got uh, they've got uh, digital wallets. They've got all the things that these investment platforms have, including digital. And the courts have just cleared summons enforcement against this uh, this uh, payword ventures to disgorge thousands and thousands of names of U.S. citizens that have trading accounts on that platform. And that's not the first one, all right? There have been others. Coinbase was uh, was a target a couple of years back where the IRS issued a summons to Coinbase, and Coinbase was ordered by the same district court in California to disgorge all their information. And so the IRS is getting this information, Jay. It's not private, and the IRS is getting it, and people need to know that. Okay, so that brings up what, what are, what's the IRS doing as far as crypto tax enforcement? Well, they're getting all these names. All right. And they're going to do one of two things with the names, okay. depending on the dollar value of the account. All right. If we've got extremely high dollar value trades that have been going on in that account that are not reported on the tax return, the IRS is going to consider criminal investigation and potential criminal prosecution in those cases. The IRS has, has made it very, very clear that crypto is number one. Crypto enforcement is number one on their list. Wow. as far as criminal investigations are concerned going forward. So if we're talking about high dollar amounts, we're talking about uh, you know six to seven figures worth of worth of trades and, and you know high five to six figures worth of tax liability that's not reported on on consecutive tax returns, two, three, four years of tax returns, then that person could be the subject of a criminal investigation and potential prosecution. Mm -hmm. At the very least, Jay, the IRS is doing civil enforcement. So now again, they've got this whole uh, bush basket file cabinet right full of names now of u.s citizens and the irs will be comparing the names on that list they're going to get their names excuse me they're going to get their names their social security numbers all their data so the irs will compare that data with reports on the tax returns it all starts with was your information was your gain or loss reported on the tax return if okay. it was not and we're not talking about extremely high dollar amounts so okay. that you're not a potential criminal case they will start civil audits against these people. They are going after these folks, either civilly or criminally, depending on the dollar amounts that are involved and the uh, the egregious, uh, you know, potential egregious level of. And of then the you expect that to be into the thousands of uh, investigations. Oh, no question about it, Jay. There will be at least thousands of civil cases, if not thousands of criminal investigations. Now, I suspect, Jay, this is just my instinct now, I suspect there will not be thousands of criminal investigations because there just aren't that many people out there with extremely high dollar amounts of, right. of, of, you know, of crypto, right? There just aren't that many right. people. But there are a heck of a lot of people out there, particularly, again, young people, that are trading hundreds or thousands of dollars in crypto on an ongoing basis. And they might have, you know, 10 or 15 or even $20,000 worth of trades over the course of the year that generate fairly substantial tax liabilities. And if these aren't reported on the tax returns, then the IRS is going to be sending letters out to these people. So, so Dan, what's your overall feeling about crypto then in regards? Because this sounds kind of like a scary message. What's Dan Pillar's take on crypto and how should people move forward based on your advice? Well, I don't think you need to be afraid of crypto, Jay. The, the, the problem is not investing in crypto. The problem is not reporting your investment gains or losses on the crypto. That's where the challenge is. Look, at if you're comfortable investing in crypto and you believe that crypto is on the move, then I would say, you know, oh, invest with your eyes open. 
but I'm not an investment specialist. I'm not an investment advisor. I don't tell people what to do with their money. You know, I, I like to quote Mark Twain. Mark Twain said, hey, Jay, you want to double your money? Fold it in half and put it back in your pocket. All right. That was Mark Twain's investment advice. And that's, you know, I'm a conservative guy. That's basically right. investment advice I've followed over the course of my life. But, but, but the reality is there's nothing inherently wrong with crypto investments. You got to pick the right one because crypto can fail just like right. anything else. Right. So, so don't be afraid of the investment. What you got to make sure you're doing is reporting your gains and losses. And if you're using crypto to buy and sell assets, uh, then you got to make sure that you have the tax consequences nailed down and reported on your tax return. The problem is tax ignorance. That's, That's the and, and Jay, we could say that virtually across the board with right. just about anything and everything. The problem is tax ignorance. So Pillar Tax Academy, uh, that's what is here to help with. So everybody go to PillarTaxAcademy.com. Make sure you get Dan's uh, tax courses. He's got several there. Uh, if you are a, a tax professional, Dan is kind of like lead off. Let's, let's, let's end with that. The message to the tax professionals, the accountants, the enrolled agents, the CPAs, the tax attorneys, in regards to this subject today, can you help these people? And don't you have something special coming up this fall in regards to teaching them cutting edge things? And will you have a session on that at your defense conference? Yeah, absolutely, Jay. We, first, first of all, let me talk to the tax professionals out there that are joining us. I've been in the tax litigation world for over 40 years, 42, 43 years. I've seen every kind of tax case you can imagine. I've seen a few that you can't imagine. I've litigated as, as lead counsel over 160, I think it's over 160 cases in the United States tax court. So I've done an awful lot of litigation, Jay, on behalf of small businesses and individuals. And I know how to teach tax professionals how to do this work. All right. So if you're a tax professional and you're interested in the areas of taxpayers' rights issues, IRS defense, and problems resolution, and you're looking for a place to find top-notch, cutting-edge, continuing education, then we are the place for you. The Pillar Tax Academy is the place to come. We've got courses on the Pillar Tax Academy platform that you can download and study. And we are doing our Taxpayer Defense Conference, which I do every year. I've done it every year, Jay, since 1993. Wow. The Taxpayer Defense Conference is probably the oldest taxpayers' rights seminar in the United States it's the only one of its kind where we do hardcore teaching and instruction on representing taxpayers in front of the IRS. We're going to be doing that seminar again this year. It's going to be October 26th and 27th in Tampa, Florida. So you can, you can go to the website to check this out, get the information, find out about the material. We're going to be doing it live in person, and we're going to be doing it online. So either format will be available to you the in-person format is unbeatable yes. because you get the interaction and the networking with some of the best uh with some of the best attorneys accounts and enrolled agents in the united states that have been doing this work for I, years. dan i was shocked when i went you know i've been i think three times now and to be able to kind of co-mingle with the top tax attorneys and accountants in the nation I think that's just price that they will be then have access to the network. Is that right, Dan? Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. Yep, yep. And so it's it, that that right there is worth the price of the ticket. I mean, just to be able yeah. to interact with and pick the brains of some of these guys that have been doing it, you know, as long as I have. There aren't many out there that have been doing it as long as I have, but there's a few in my group that have been. And and uh, you know, these are top notch guys. These these 
These men and women know what they're doing. They have the experience. They know how to deal with the IRS. And they come to my seminar to learn even more about it. And if you, if you are interested about becoming an effective representative for your clients where they're in trouble with the IRS, you need to get to the Taxpayers Defense Conference and you need to go online to Pillar Tax Academy to get our resources that we have available for you. Absolutely. It's been another fantastic show. Listen, everybody, you got a lot of great information here. We ask that you spread this information. Make sure you're subscribed uh, to our podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're on different uh, social media platforms so, uh, with Pillar Tax Academy. Dan Pillar is here. We're doing uh, two to three of these podcasts per week. Make sure you keep plugged in so you don't get caught having the wrong bag in your hand when it comes to taxes. You don't want to do that. All right, Dan, great show. We'll catch y'all next show. Next All right, time. Jay, God bless you. We'll see you soon. Take care. Ciao.